Welcome to Smart Wealth, Navigating Your Financial Future. I'm your host, Brett Cranson. And I'm your co-host, Omari White. And we're excited to bring you insights from the decades of experience that we've both garnered in the financial services industry. And whether you're just starting out on your financial journey or looking to optimize your existing strategies, our goal is to clarify the world of finance and provide you with practical, actionable advice. And together, we'll explore a wide range of topics that will help you to navigate to your bright financial future. So sit back, grab a cup of coffee, and let's jump into today's episode. Hey everyone, welcome back to episode five of Smart Wealth, Navigating Your Financial Future. I'm your host, Brett Cranson. And I'm your co-host, Amari White. Today, we're diving deeply into budgeting. So Amari, many folks think budgeting is either boring or tough, but here's a secret. It's like having a superpower. A superpower? (laughs) That sounds like a fun way of looking at it, but why would you say that? Well, imagine having the power to see into the future. That's what budgeting does for your money. You can plan, avoid problems, and make dreams come true. So you have your plans, and then the budget is the road or the means to which those plans occur? Is that the thinking? Exactly. By setting aside money and planning, those things become possible. You don't just wonder about the future. You shape it. I see. So it's not about actually dashing your dreams or minimizing them. It's about making choices and exerting the control over yourself to be able to see those changes and those choices allow you to finance whatever goal or to budget to see that goal through. Right on. It's about choosing where your money goes instead of wondering where it went. Okay, now let's talk about being a boss. Not just any boss, but like a CEO of a big company. Sounds like a big job. But how does that connect with our budgets, Brett? Great question. Well, CEOs have to know where the company's money is coming from and where it's going. They set goals and they track progress. Oh, so when you set up a budget, it's like setting up your goal and then measuring that budget activity against that goal and making sure that you're actually progressing to that goal. Is You're tracking the budget to the goal. Is that the thinking? Yeah, spot on. Just like a CEO has different departments like sales, marketing, or production, we have different parts in our budget like food, rent, fun stuff, and savings. Got it. So we use the budget. We're essentially CEOs of our money world, and we use our budget to smoothly or to make our plans and then work ourselves from our actual to our plan via the budgeting. Got it. Yes. And if something isn't working, just like a CEO would change strategy in a company, you can adjust your budget to make it better for you. I think that's really the cool thing. I think that the idea that the budget is you can craft the budget to make sure that it applies best to your lifestyle. It really gives you the autonomy and it's empowering to see that you can make those changes to your behavior based on plans that you've made in the budget and see those uh, those goals through. Excellent. Exactly. And that's what makes budgeting so cool. You're the boss of your money. Okay, now let's dive into investments. Think of them as seeds for your money tree. Seeds? So we're planting our money to grow. How does that work? Exactly. But before we plant, we need to decide how many seeds to use. Factors like our age, the money we have left after spending, and how fast we need our money back can help decide. Okay, let me be clear. A young person 
and an old person, they need, or an older person, do they need the same types of seeds or is this a different type of seed? Well, young people can take more risks because they have more time for the seeds to grow. But as we get older, we might want to be more careful. Got it. So the concept of extra money or disposable income is the money that is after you've covered all of your basic necessities. And it is this disposable income that is helpful to change how goals or how budgets could fund goals. Spot on. After bills and buying what we need, the money left can be saved, spent on fun, or planted as seeds. More investing. Okay, so then what's this all about getting your money back quickly, though? Like, what does that mean? Well, that's how fast you can get your money if you need it. Some places get let you take your money so quick out quickly, while others might make you wait or charge you a fee. It's essential to know this before investing. Okay, so we have to think about how long we want that investment to be before we've, or that seed, how long does that seed take to germinate before we even start planting so that we have the timing right on when that seed will be in full? Is that thinking? Exactly. That's the basics of starting with investments. So Amari, let's talk about a time far, far away. Retirement. Oh, wow. You're having me think like a grandpa now, Brett. But right. Exactly. But guess what? We need to plan for it now. It's like planting a tree. The earlier we plant it, the bigger and stronger it will grow. Got it. It's back to that same principle of the factor of time and how it affects our results. So we save now so that we actually work less in the future. Is that the retirement... um, Utopia, where if you are saving early and often, you're going to have a longer time without work. Right on. That's the spirit, Omari. Let me break it down, though. You might have heard of special savings accounts like an RSP or group RSP, where you can save money for retirement. Oh, yeah. And some jobs will, your employer will match the amount that you save. So specifically, you put a dollar in there, they will add an extra dollar on your behalf, which mathematically is a 100% return for you. I don't want to say free money, but it's it's close enough to that as these programs help you to accelerate your savings for your retirement goal. Right on. If your employer matches, then it's like it is like getting free money just for saving. If your job offers it, always try to save as much as they'll match. It's a super boost for your future. So tell me, I mean, it sounds amazing. So what happens if you save more than they match, though? Great question. If you save even more, you can put that money into another type of account, like a TFSA. The cool part, the money in there grows and you don't have to pay taxes on it. Wow. So you're planting more trees with your disposable or your savings, and these trees don't have to face the tax rain pouring down on them ever? Exactly. But remember, there's no magic number for how much to save. The key is to start saving something, even if it's small. It'll grow over time. So start early and start often and save often. Is that, I mean, if there was two things that people getting prepared for retirement should keep in mind is to save early and to save often and watch your money grow. Right. I couldn't have said it any better. Now, after talking about planting your money trees for retirement, let's shift gears and discuss how something a bit more tricky. Oh, Sounds like a mystery topic. What is this? It's all about handling your debts. Ah, debts. 
You mean like when you owe people money? Exactly. Let's imagine, Omari, you borrowed 10 candies from a friend. You need to give them back, right? I guess I love candies, but yes, fear is fear. I would have to give them back. Right. So debts are like those candies. When you borrow money, it's a promise to give it back. But there's a catch. You also need to give back a little extra as a thank you for borrowing. So if I borrow 10 candies, I might have to give back 11 or 12, more than the 10 as a thank you or some sort? Right. In the world of money, that's extra. Thank you is called interest. Now think about credit cards. If you don't pay them back fast, the interest can grow a lot. It's like if every day you waited to give back the candies, you'd owe one more. Wow. And then that would really add up very quickly. And so it would be better to pay off credit cards because credit cards are the highest level or one of the highest levels of thank yous that accumulate for borrowing. And so it would make sense to pay off credit cards first in any case, right? Exactly. It's always a smart move to tackle the debts with the highest interest first, like those growing candies. Although the idea of candies growing is not so disconcerting. Would, would you not agree? But, but, like, <laughs> but let's look at the, you know, debts like car loans or student loans, like school loans. They're debts too, right? Right. But they do. But often their interest or their extra candies you owe is less than the credit cards. So let's focus on the big interest ones first. Remember, always pay at least the minimum on all debts to keep them from growing too much. Got it. So tackle biggest, highest, most candies, most thank yous for borrowing first, and then go down the line in that priority. Any other tips? Yeah, just one more for today. If debts are confusing, consider talking to someone who can help, like a money expert. They can help make a plan to handle those debts. So if you had too many candies to pay back, you could work with a professional to sort of structure that in a way that you would be able to see yourself paying back every single one of those candies in some sort of a structured arrangement. You got it. Always ask if you're unsure. All right, Omari, do you remember when we talked about owing candies as a way to understand debt? Oh, yes. I love candies. So I was deeply immersed and it did make it the idea or the concept of interest much clearer. Great. Let's use that candy idea again, but this time to talk about big long-term loans, like mortgages. Mortgages. That sounds fancy. What is it? Imagine you want a huge bag of candies, like super big. You can't afford it right now, so you make a deal to pay it off a little bit at a time over many years. Oh, so when someone buys a house or a home and pays it over 15, 20, 25 years? Is that the kind of thing? Exactly. That's a mortgage. Now, here's a question. If you can, should you give extra candies each month to pay off the huge bag faster? Hmm. So if you pay it off faster, you own the candies sooner, right? Yes, but there's more to consider. If you have other debts where you owe more extra candies or interest, you might be better to pay those off first like your credit cards, for example. Oh, I get it. But if my big, huge bag of candies, which is my mortgage, is the only thing I owe, then paying it extra, would that be good? Is that a good move? It could be. But by paying extra, you end up giving fewer extra candies in the long run. But always check the rules. Because some deals might say you can't give extra candies 
or you might ask for even more candies if you try to give extra. Wow. Mortgages are complex and quite tricky. It's like a puzzle almost. How do you like figuring out the best way of structuring a mortgage? How do we do that? It's like a puzzle like seems too hard. Ask for help. Talking to someone who knows about mortgage can guide you. Got it, Brett. You know, thanks for making mortgages, you know, sound interesting. And certainly the candy idea of interest being uh, very sweet and easy to digest. Right. So now let's talk about some budget tips and tweaks. Do you remember when we made those fun budgets a while back with stickers and colored markers? Oh, yeah. Mine had lots of skateboards and video games on it. Yeah, that's the spirit. Now let's chat about how we can tweak and adjust our budgets because life changes and so should your budget. So you're saying that my skateboard budget may need to have a change? Maybe. Let's think about it. Let's say you suddenly have a new hobby like playing the guitar. You might want to set some money aside for lessons or a new guitar. Makes sense. You know, I mean, things, life changes. The one constant is change. So unexpected things will happen. You know, my bike could break down. Yeah. And that's why it's smart to have a just-in-case category in your budget. Some people call it a miscellaneous category. It's like a small bag where you keep extra candies for surprise events. Oh, and if I see I'm spending a lot on something, say snacks after, you know, CDs, subscriptions, things that I don't need, I can check my budget against my actual spend and see how I'm doing, right? Absolutely. Review your budget helps you see patterns. Maybe you'll choose a pack of snacks from home instead, or maybe you'll decide for those after-school treats are worth it, or even those CDs, you might want to just buy one at the store. And those subscriptions, uh, you know, we've come up with this thing. Uh, many people are dying death by a thousand subscriptions. You know, they don't even know what they're subscribed to, but of course it's in their budget as a cost line. You know, so making changes. What I love about this, Brett, is that it gives you the autonomy. You can make changes. You can control yourself or at least set yourself a plan as to what behavior is going to give you the best result. And these changes, these incremental or small changes can have significant impact over a long term. Exactly. It's like when you're growing taller and you need new shoes now and then your budget grows with you. And if you find something not right, just tweak it. Remember, your budget is for you. It's not a rule, but a tool. Yeah, that is well said. Got it. Rule, not a rule, but a tool. It's like a game. It's like there's always adjustments that are needed. You know, when you start with a framework and then you start adjusting it to make sure that it is good for the circumstances, good for the time. Thanks for those extremely helpful tips, Brett. Yeah, so now let's discuss when things don't fit in the budget. Have you ever had that feeling when you're trying to fit a big bag of toys into a small box? It just doesn't seem to fit. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's like trying to fit a soccer ball into a school backpack or a circle into a square. It's a, there's a lot of friction. Exactly. Sometimes our budgets can feel that way. We may have expenses that don't seem to have a place. You know, and that's so true. I mean, last month I wanted to buy my mom a birthday gift. It was her birthday I realized I didn't have a section in my budget for gifts. And because I've become so structured with this, I kind of felt a little lost. Yeah, that's okay. Budgets aren't always perfect from the start. When surprises pop up, like your mother's birthday gift, it's a sign that when we need to add a new category, maybe a gifts category for you. You know, it sounds good because I almost felt like I wanted to throw the baby out with the bathwater, like just scrap the budget because I didn't have that section. But what you're saying, and you've said it often, is customize the budget for the individual, personalize the budget for your life and 
add the categories that mean something to you or perhaps you're taking out categories from the template, from the framework that don't apply to you. It's yours is what I hear. So, I mean, if we have unexpected things, I mean, it's a school trip or visit to the dentist, we actually are planned for surprises, which I think is a powerful part of not being totally surprised. And that's what budgeting can do. Right. And for those who might want a category like special events or once in a while things, and it's okay if you don't use that money every month, when something does come up, you'll have some cash set aside. Yeah. I mean, essentially never going to be totally surprised because you're expecting that uh, unexpected things will happen. And so, and then you're further prepared with the necessary uh, funds. So this is the advantage of having a budget that, uh, you know, unexpected things become adventures and not crisis. Exactly, Omari. And if you notice a lot of these unexpected adventures, you can check your budget and see if you need more categories. It's all about making that puzzle fit. Thanks, Brett. You know, it really is helpful to know that it's not the tool or it's not a rule, it's a tool. And that using that tool to our advantage still gets us the desired results. It still allows us to manage unexpected things in a much more planned and a much more effective way. It uh, Budgets are liberating. Yeah, well, Mari, today's chat's been packed with tips and tricks about budgeting. It's amazing how something sounded a bit boring at first could be so interesting and cool, right? Uh, totally, Brett. And I mean, you know, think about it. You're your own money boss. Like, again, talking about autonomy and being able to really, you know, think it, plan it, do it, you know, like have that kind of power over your own financial outcomes has got to be a a feeling, a, a bit of a superhero feeling. Yeah, that's right. Remember, budgeting isn't about cutting out all the fun stuff. It's about making sure we have money for the fun stuff and the important stuff, just like your mom's birthday gift or that cool soccer ball. Yeah, absolutely. And don't forget about the special, the treasure chest, the unexpected funding that you just, you put aside knowing that the unexpected will happen. And in whatever form it happens, you're prepared, you're funded. And that's pretty cool because those surprises can often feel like adventures in that case. Absolutely. It's all about balance. And that's the best part. When you're in charge of your money and you're in charge of your future, that's the real magic of a budget. Yeah, it's been a real eye-opener, Brett. Uh, you know, thanks for helping our listeners, you know, really get the essence of how budgets map onto their dreams and how they're functional and how they're timeless and that they can work in every season for every person. As long as you have a goal or a dream, a budget is relevant. Right on. And to all our listeners, remember, take charge, be the boss of your money and make those dreams happen. So until next time, keep on counting those coins dreaming big and leveling up your smart wealth. Thanks for listening and we look forward to speaking to you next time. And that brings us to the end of this episode of Smart Wealth, Navigating Your Financial Future. We hope you found our discussion enlightening and feel more equipped to take charge of your financial journey. Indeed, Brett. And remember, every step forward counts, no matter how small. So if you found this episode to be of value, Subscribe to our podcast on your favorite podcast platform. Share it with your friends and leave us a review. We're also eager to hear your thoughts, questions, and what financial topics you're interested in for future episodes. Reach out to us on social media. You can find our links in the show notes. Because we look forward to navigating your future financial waters one episode at a time. So until next time, remember, knowledge is the greatest wealth. So keep investing in yourself. Until next time.